What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Making these hits. Hey, making these flips. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's good, Reg? What's good, man? What's going on? Not much, man. Looking forward to the NBA playoffs kicking off, the playing games that started yesterday. Still waiting around for the NFL draft, which seems like it's so far away, and we've been waiting already for so long. Uh, what's good, Sean? What's up, man? How y'all doing? Making it. Making it. Work tomorrow. Oh. Um, too good. There hasn't been much NFL news since the last time we sat down and talked. Um, the Derek Carr extension came today, which I think is something that everybody expected. Uh, nobody expected him. Well, I didn't expect him to reset the market. So the deal that he got was about what I expected him to get um, outside of the no trade clause, which that's just something, you know, that's something to make him feel more comfortable. So that was that was a nice touch. Um but it was um, it was always hard for me to see Derek Carr not being the Raiders quarterback, especially once John Gruden was gone. I felt like John Gruden was the reason he would have ended up being out of Vegas. Um, so this isn't anything that I wasn't expecting. Did y'all have any thoughts on that deal? Uh, you knew the new deal was coming, but I would say uh, like kind of like what you touched on um you know, once John Gruden left, but prior to that, it seemed that they wasn't too sure about Derek Carr. He maybe he wasn't too sure about them as well. But after the playoff run uh, and all the new additions to the team, you got to have a quarterback. So the deal was uh, perfect, perfect timing. Yeah, I agree. He um, he outplayed his previous contract, and um, yeah, it was it was time for him to get new money. But like I said, he's staying with the organization that he that he led to the playoffs and you know now that they got better weapons around them they should continue to move forward um like move up so it's a good deal for everybody involved especially once again we've talked about in a division that's gotten much harder over the past month yeah uh, so you know anything that they could have done at quarterback that wasn't Derek Carr would probably have been a step back right. um in those regards um the only free agent Free agent news that caught my eye was Stephon Gilmore visiting with the coach today. Forgot he was out there, to be honest with you. They got a couple of them like him that's still out there waiting for uh, the perfect timing. Um, I think the coach would be not a bad fit, but just a bad place for him to end up for next season, just because I don't seriously con uh, consider them a contender for next season. But if they're going to throw the most money at him, then you know, that's most likely where he going to end up going. So that's usually how that plays out. Um, so the one thing I did want to talk uh, about before we got to the NBA and the playoffs and the Lakers and the tragedy of what was this past season, um, I did want to look over and talk about Mel Kuyper's latest uh, mock draft, which from what I remember um, – from his last one, it, a lot has changed in this one. A good bit has changed. Um, he has Jacksonville taking Aiden Hutchinson with the first overall pick, which I want to say, last, I, I think the last mock draft he did, that, that was the case. I think he was still uh, the number one pick. And before that, I know for a while it was Evan Neal. Um, and then that ended, up, that ended up switching. So Aiden Hutchinson... I think Jacksonville taking him is probably – I think it's out of him and, and Neil, uh, honestly, uh, the tackle. Uh, I heard uh, Ross Jackson say earlier on Lock on Saints how he, he said the fall of Kayvon Thibodeau has been the stupidest thing he's seen in a long time when it comes to the draft. Uh, just based off of the dude ain't did nothing to hurt himself at all. So he's – He's just confused on what it is that's making him drop so far. Um, and he was saying how he thinks Kayvon Thibodeau is still the best end in the draft. Uh, and I know me and Sean talked about this before. Whether you believe that or not, 
uh, Aiden Hutchinson ain't that far behind. So taking him instead of Kayvon Thibodeau when you need a pass rusher, uh, and those two sit at the top of a good pass rushing class, um, there's no there's no harm in that. Um, with the second pick, he has the Detroit Lions taking Sauce Gardner, cornerback out of Cincinnati. Oh. Um, which that's that's different. I've seen a lot. Of, this is the first time I've seen this one. I've seen Malik Willis, which I disagree with. I've seen uh, whichever DN ended up not going first, whether it was Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, but this one, this one is a new one, um, especially. And it's weird to me, for one, because Sauce Gardner isn't. I feel like for this whole time, he hasn't even been considered the best cornerback in his draft. It's been Derek Stingley. Um, And I know Derek Stingley has injury concerns, but once again, the separation between the two, the separation between them and the other corners in the draft, period, uh, it would shock me if somebody reached for a cornerback in the draft at all in the top five. Uh, Sean, this is your team. I know you don't like this at all. Uh, (laughs) What are your opinions about him having y'all selecting sauce at two? I also think it's um I don't wanna I don't wanna be disrespectful, but I also think it's a little bit of clickbait. Um Yeah. I don't I don't expect this to be the case. I don't even expect this to be the case if we get another mock draft from him two days before the draft. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, this is just a this is just a yeah, maybe, maybe but all the talking heads and 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 even people around the Lions organization, this ain't nothing. Cl- like I would have, I would have been less surprised if it was Kyle Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, no talk about not only Sauce Gardner but a cornerback. Period. Mock to the Lions. So this is just, yep. I don't, I don't put a whole lot into this this mock. I don't. It's going to be one of three people. Um, I. It's it's kind of to me like a like a real. I'm not saying that I know for a fact, but this is just my guess. Um, if Aiden Hutchinson doesn't go one, then he's going to the Lions. Um, yeah, and yeah. If, and if he goes one, if if Hutchinson goes one, then I think it's between Thibodeau and and Trayvon Walker. Um, and I think that the Lions will lean Trayvon Walker just because. You know, we talk, we've talked so much about culture and, and, and what they want to do about improving the team in general. They seem to like Thibodeau, um, but I think that if they want to just be with a safer pick, um, with a guy who's been on a championship team, and like I said, you know, them trying to improve the culture, I think it'll just be Trayvon Walker. But again, you said the fall of Kayvon Thibodeau. I've seen him mocked all the way down to five. He's not getting past three. Um, because if if you know if we don't pick him, then the Texans are picking him. So um, yeah, I think this 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 whole mock was just kind of all over. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I and I definitely agree. Well, you said you think it's Trayvon Walker or Thibodeau, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, I I think it's Thibodeau, or I I believe the Hamilton hype. Uh, there's a lot of people that are saying that he's the they have him ranked as the best talent in this draft in general. Um, and it is a need. Um, and also this isn't this isn't a deep safety draft. I feel like I feel like you can be more comfortable with saying, look, we got the best safety in this draft by far, mm-hmm. and then we got a really good pass rusher. He just might might not end up being the best in this draft, but we still ended up getting one, whether we waited till 30 or you know, whatever or we waited till the second round or whatever the case may be. So right. I think Kyle Hamilton, um, if not Thibodeau or Hutchison, whichever one doesn't get selected, uh, I think Hamilton would definitely be the other one to really look at and say, oh, I think that might be the guy yeah. at that position. Yeah, and I think Detroit is in need of a pass rush. Whoever is the best avail- available uh, pass rusher available uh, depends on whatever the end fall. I'm, if I'm Detroit, I'm, that's what I'm looking at taking. Uh, Sean made a lot of sense about the whole clickbait thing uh, for them to jump up and take a corner. Got didn't you guys take a corner last year in the first round? Right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, he got hurt and all that good stuff, but definitely don't need a corner here. Uh, the only surprise pick that that would really like kind of stir the pot for me if I'm Detroit is you know Malik, the Malik Willis, the quarterback. So yeah. if 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 it's not that, then we got to take a pass rusher. Yeah, 
Oh, I, and I, I think they like Malik Willis, um, but I don't I don't think they're gonna pick him. Right, right. It, not with the depth that they have with these guys getting to the quarterback. I'm saying if you got what two out of the top five prospects, I want to say was both of those ends was in. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and the Trayvon Walker thing, they like you said, this draft has them going three to Houston. Um, once again, he's been the third, you know, defensive end basically throughout this whole process as well. But now to have him over Thibodeau, I don't, I don't see that being the case. Like you say, I don't think I agree with you when you say you don't think Thibodeau's making it past three, uh, for one reason or another. Yeah, remember I told you I think that 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 the Thibodeau thing is is far more about um, the Lions, the, the fit with the Lions. Because again, like yeah. you said, the, the the stuff that's making them drop isn't a big deal. Um, but a but a team that doesn't have a strong uh, front office doesn't have the, mm-hmm. the the equity to miss on a on a player like like Thibodeau, who's got a high, the highest ceiling. But I think they need to get good players, period. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, I, I think that that's why. That's the only reason why we would pass on Thibodeau. Um, and I, and if they if they pick him, I'm fine with it. Because um, like I said, I've, I'm starting to come around on him. I just, I just, Sauce Gardner don't make any sense to me. I just, <laughs> I just Yeah, so in his first 10 picks here, he has four, he has five defensive players, four of them are defensive ends. Uh, in the first 10. His first quarterback is Malik Willis, of course. He has Malik Willis going at six to the Carolina Panthers, um, which makes sense to me. Carolina is in a position where Sam Donner didn't have an awful season uh, last year. He missed some games, of course, to injury. Uh, they relied on Cam Newton, which at this point in his career, don't nobody want to be doing that. Um, so they don't really, and I think this is Sam Donner's fifth-year option a year right here. So they're definitely looking for the future. If they can get the most pro ready quarterback to come in and actually get something out of him, uh, his rookie year, instead of fishing again for a quarterback next year, um, then I I think, I think they go for it. There's no reason for them not to at this point. I don't think there's anything else that they can take at six to where we look and say, Oh, that really changed the course of where they're going this season. Um, first wide receiver goes at eight with Garrett Wilson going to the Falcons. Um, then you got Drake London going to the Jets at 10. One pick that I do like that I've seen in multiple mock drafts is Derek Stingley to the Vikings. I think that's a perfect pairing um, in regards to Minnesota filling that, that, that need at cornerback, I think. And that's, that's usually the cornerback they go for. Um, don't understand why they even, and they like LSU players, don't even understand why they brought back Patrick Peterson, if we're being honest. Um, but that's that's a that's a good pairing to me. Um, then we get down to 16, which the Saints recently acquired. Um, and he has us taking Trevor Penny, offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. Um, Reg, man, you got on here last week and we talked about, you know, the Saints trade and what we thought they were going to do with that trade. Um, and I want to say both of us came to the conclusion that, look, as long as with these two picks you end up with, if you can come out of here with an offensive tackle and a wide receiver, you then came out good. Um, so Penning is, I want to say the third, consider the third best tackle in this draft. I want to say behind, uh, Neil and um, what's the other guy name? Cross. Yeah. So if he's sitting there at 16, you don't have to do no more moving in order to get him. I think that's a perfect pick right there. What's your thoughts on that one, Reg? I was just going to add to it and say every mock draft, and I know you guys watch way more college than I do, but every mock draft I've seen had him going five to six picks before then. So he, he has to be a hell of a tackle, but... Uh, yeah, like you said, if you could walk away with the third best uh, tackle uh, at 16, you you got to do it. But I, we have to find a way to get a receiver. <laughs> One way or the other, we got to sneak a receiver in there. And uh, speaking of receiver, at 19, he has us taking Jameson, Will- Jameson Williams out of Alabama, uh, which, once again, as a talent, you know, if it wasn't for his ACL injury, he'd probably be 
number one, number two off the board in this draft. Um, but, you know, the, the ACL injury occurred, so they got him going as, like, the fourth or fifth wide receiver. Um, I still want him. If he if he's there at 19, I have I have no issues of picking him up, even if he's going to miss some time uh, going into next season. To me, it just means you got to double up on wide receiver here in this draft, um, or you got to bring in another free agent wide receiver who can uh, place uh, who can play some mean, meaningful snaps early on in the season until you get a player like Jameson Williams onto the field. The receiver that's uh, coming from Ohio State, uh, what's his name? I think Ohio State has Which two. one? Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave. Chris Olave. If he's there and Williams is there, which one do you take? Which one do you prefer? Oh, give me Olave. Olave? Yeah. I, I, I really don't think that there's that big of a separation between the two. Um, and then if you're telling me, okay, Olave can come in and start day one, you know, that's, yeah, give me that. All the time. I don't have to take the gamble on the injury, you know. Gotcha. Some other interesting picks. They got uh, Kenny Pickett going to Pittsburgh at 20. Um, let's see what else we got here. He has... He has the Jets trading up with uh, the Bengals at 31 in order to take... Um, Tyler Linderbaum, which he'd be the only center uh, taken in the first round if that was the case. And then back to Detroit at 32, he has y'all taken uh, Lewis uh, sign out of Georgia safety, which is a need. Um, what do you feel about that one versus Bursker? Ain't that his name, Bursker? Yeah, from uh, Penn State. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, safety is a need. Um, again, when you get those players that played in championship games and, and just meaningful games in the SEC, coached up by good defensive coaches, um, you, you know, you can't really go wrong uh, in that spot. And, again, I, I would prefer to go safety or wide receiver um, with 32. What I, what I liked in general about this draft, this mock was just adding talent, defensive talent yeah. um, to, the, to, the, to the team and not somebody who is going to fight golf for the – the the job like I, I just I'm just not into that in the top three rounds uh yeah just I just I feel like they should just improve the talent with people that can come in and actually play you know I've, I've said ad nauseum what I think they should do um as far yeah. as not only this draft but next draft addressing the quarterback position um so I need to go through it again <laughs> Hey, Sid, I'm going to ask draft, the, the draft ranking that you're looking at. Uh, Macarell, where do you have him going? We haven't gotten to him yet. Um, oh. Yeah, he's he's definitely second round. Oh, they um, got him. Okay. Um, and then y'all third pick uh, right here at 34, they have y'all taking David Ajabo, uh, outside linebacker out of Michigan, who sadly uh, tore his – Achilles last month uh, the, at the combine, and they just yeah. you know like it was nothing. Um, but uh, Kuiper says that he's his top ranked outside linebacker, um, even you know with that being the case. So that could be a steal right there at thirty four. What did you think about that one? I, again, I like I like the value of those picks. I just don't like the first pick. Um, that, that yeah. if, if you want to do it that way, then I, I would much rather them either trade out of that, out of the two spot or just go ahead and double up on pass rushes as opposed to getting a corner. Um, but again, yeah. like you said, the, those, those two picks, um, of, of value picks late and it's positions of need. So like you said, the Javo is, is good. He's one of the best pass rushers in the draft. The only reason he would be available right there is because of the injury. So um, I like it. I, I did like that. Um, so for Seattle, it's, it, the first round in Seattle, they had them taken off this attack at Evan Neal, who we talked about is probably the best or considered the best tackle um, in this draft. And then uh, in the second round, they have picks 40 and 41 back to back. And they have them taking Desmond Ritter, uh, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, and then Quay Walker, the linebacker out of Georgia. 
Desmond Ritter is a very interesting uh, talent in this draft. Um, a lot of people say that he's the most talented and athletic quarterback in this draft. He's just raw. Um, and I think a lot of people will look at him falling to Seattle, especially with a situation, if it doesn't change that quarterback between now and the draft, and kind of look at that as a steal. Um, so I, 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 I think that would be a home run for them if they were able to lock up the best tackle in the draft, get a talent like Ritter at quarterback in the second round, and then add it, add to their inside linebackers um, right after that pick. I definitely think that would be a steal for them. That has just caught my eye. And then 49, the New Orleans Saints, our second-round pick, person you just asked about, Matt Corral from Ole Miss, quarterback. That's who he has us taking um, right there. Um. Why'd you why'd you ask about Matt Corral? What have you heard that first of all I'm, I'm you? in Mississippi, so you know that that's a team that I'm probably forced to watch more than any other team. Uh and when I see him play, I mean he looked pretty good to me. And then, you know, I look up, they got him projected, I want to say what, top four in quarterbacks or so, top four or five. Mm-hmm. Or something yes. like that. And, you know, everybody board is, is normally different. So if one person having the fifth best, somebody may have them the third best, so forth and so on. But I just found it hard to believe that, um, you know, someone that's ranked the third best, fourth best quarterback would be falling so low to us in the second round. Um, that's the only reason why I brought it up. I thought he'd be long gone by then. Yeah. What would you think of that pick? I would like it. If that was the selection, you would like yeah, it? I, I would be cool with it. I can't tell you how many times we've uh, wasted third round picks on quarterbacks that didn't pan out. So to have a quarterback that's projected to be at least in everyone's top four to five, you know, in the second round, I mean, that, that's cool with me. We already addressed all our serious needs in the first round. So uh, you never know how this James Winston thing is going to play out as well. Uh, he gets hurt, whatever the case is. Next year, uh, you know, we pretty much done with him, gave him most of his guaranteed money. You got a rookie that's probably ready to play by then, so uh, I'll be cool with it. Yeah, and we disagree on that. Just because, for one, again, this is a bad quarterback draft. So the best quarterback, which is Malik Willis, um, is probably more so to be a a consistent journeyman backup than an actual starter for 10 years in the league. Um, is Is what everybody makes it seem like. And when it comes to us, and like you say, Using those third round picks on quarterbacks, we just did that with Ian Book, and we and and a lot of that is because man, they want the they want the smart quarterback who can when the when the starter gets to the sideline can actually go over and and be able to point out what was missed or what could have been taken advantage of and things of that nature. Well, we got that in Ian Book for the next three years, so I don't. I don't feel like wasting – I feel like it would be a wasted pick at this point. If you're not getting Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, then I feel like um, just wait. Like, you can get one of these other quarterbacks in the third round at this point if you really feel like you need one, which I don't think you do, between Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, and uh, Ian Book for next season. Uh, so just looking at the people that follow behind that pick, you got Sky Moore, wide receiver out of Western Michigan, that people are raving about. You got John Mechie, the other wide receiver out of Alabama. You got Drake uh, Drake Jackson, uh, the outside linebacker out of USC, which I don't know how he ended up falling that far. So there's still a lot of people who I think could be an immediate help to what we got going on right now than to invest in another quarterback who may or may not ever see the field for us. Yeah. And um, Ian Book, from everything that I've seen and read about him uh, when he was drafted, we got him in the fourth round, I want to say, or something like Was it the fourth round? I think it was the fourth. Yeah. Fourth round or so. I mean, no one had high expectations for him. No one had him ranked uh, as a top three or four uh, quarterback in the league. So um, and once again, I don't know much about this guy, but um I will roll the dice. Second round, you don't really have any true needs. I will roll the dice. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, we need all the receivers we can get. So if, I mean, you know more about college than me. If you see a receiver there who you like, oh, yeah, this dude is definitely worthy by all means. But if we have a quarterback who they think can be the face of the franchise and you can get him in the second round, sign me up. Gotcha. Um, 
So that's that's it for our teams through those first two rounds, and it's definitely going to. Uh, I ain't been on my mock draft simulator in a minute. I need to get back to that so I can see what it's looking like these days. But um, I wouldn't be mad at our first round. Like I say, I love being able to get a tackle and one of the best wide receivers. I'm just not interested in a quarterback in the second round. If you're going to take a quarterback, you stay with 16 or 19th, you take Pickett, and then turn around and just get another tackle in the second round um, just because I feel like that's a better bet than bringing in Matt Corral, paying him second-round money, and then him not even being able to surpass Ian Book on the depth chart. So let's move on to the NBA, which the playing games uh, started yesterday. Um, I think one of them was good. One of them ended up being good. I think Brooklyn ran away with the first one. They were uh, it, was, it ended up being close. Yeah, they were, they were both good games. Okay. Um and all I all I've seen today NBA wise is people reacting to the way Patrick Beverly <laughs> the way Patrick Beverly of Minnesota celebrated that victory uh as if they did more than just secure uh, a seventh seed in the playoffs. I know you I know Pat Beverly is an irritant to you in general. No, 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 no. That's not an accurate representation of how I feel about Patrick Beverly. Um, for the last five years, um, there isn't a player in the NBA that I can't stand more than him. <laughs> so, so if you want to, if you're gonna say it, be accurate. I cannot stand Patrick Beverly. Go ahead, continue. I have, for the most part, I have no issues with Patrick Beverly, especially his antics on the court. But when I saw his tweet, when I saw his tweet earlier in response to the criticism he was getting for celebrating like that. And his response was, man, we'd have had some hard years or something like that. You've been you in just Minnesota got there. for 60 days. You just got there. You just stepped off the plane. What are you talking about? Stupid. So that that irritated me. But anyway, <laughs> you got you had the Brooklyn Nets um, play the Cleveland Cavaliers. Brooklyn won that game to lock up the seventh seed. Um, and as we just said, Minnesota beat the Clippers in order to lock up the seventh seed in the West. Uh, the Pelicans played the Spurs tonight to, to, uh, no, how does this work? Pelicans played the Spurs. The winner of that game turns around and plays the Clippers. And then Charlotte plays Atlanta. The winner turns around and plays Cleveland, which throughout doing all of this, I think seven, eight still going to end up being, uh, Brooklyn and Cleveland in the East and um, the Timberwolves and the Clippers in the West. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Nets and the Timberwolves are locked into their spots. They they can't move. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah. coming in, they were 7 and 8. They were the yeah. 7 and 8 seed, so I feel like they, it was just going to stay that way. It's still going to stay that way anyway. I was surprised by Minnesota uh, winning that game just because not because not that I think that they're a bad team. I just thought that the Clippers just they had control of that game. Yeah. And then they were the Clippers. <laughs> per usual. Yeah. Um so I mean, Reg, I know your team, the Pelicans. You got any hope for them in any nope. of this? Nope. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. Just just wanted to get that out there, cause I was <laughs> Because I'm sitting here like, we ain't got to talk about the playing games because I don't think that any of us is going to have an eight seed beating, whoever the eight seed may be, beating whoever the one seed is. Do you know Do you know what's funny about that? When I was thinking about, when I was doing my show prep in my mind, I really was like, we can really treat this like the NCAA tournament. Well, you know where they always start talking about the NCAA tournament before the 64th team gets in? Yep. It doesn't matter who the eight seed is. Both of them lose yep. to, the, to the one. Team. Exactly. So let's move on. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's the Spurs, the, the Pelicans. It don't matter if the Hawks go to the West. And, you know, they, they, all of them losing. So let's move on. <laughs> Uh, so we could go ahead and say, look, we got Phoenix and we got Miami advancing past the first round. Those two teams are, are going to the second round this year. Um, what's the most intriguing matchup for you in the first round of the playoffs, Sean? Me? Um, <laughs> I, I think intriguing. That's an interesting word. Um, I, I guess it would. I guess it would be Brooklyn, uh, Boston. Oh. Just because I expect we don't have a, a seven seed be the two seed very often, 
Um, but I expect that to happen. So uh, that I guess that would be the most intriguing matchup. And it really was whoever whoever pulled the short straw because Miami did their best to make sure that they mm-hmm. could avoid Brooklyn oh, oh, at all costs. All three of them did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All of them did. Yeah. It was it was a it was a woo, we trying to avoid Brooklyn. Yup. And Boston ended up not being able to uh, in a in a well they had already taken a big hit when they lost Robert Williams. Um, and man, Kevin Durant and Kyrie, I. I don't care what nobody say. When I, when them two on the court together, nigga, you you got your hands full. Most teams not 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 coming out of a seven game series with them. Yeah. Uh, so I also see that as the most uh, intriguing in the first round. Um, but other uh, elsewhere in the East, we got Philadelphia taking on Toronto, um, and we got Milwaukee taking on Chicago. Um. Toronto, I guess Toronto is what Toronto has always been. Because even me looking at them now and being like, man, this team is a fifth seed. Like, what? I, I can't believe they're the fifth seed. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I cannot believe it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I keep interrupting you. But I, no, you good. I, I can't believe they the five seed. They, Nick Nurse, man. That's, yeah. <laughs> Nick Nurse about to trade up. Um. Yeah, so once again, I guess, and once again, this is who Toronto has really always been, I guess. Um, even with the DeRozan and, and Kyle Lowry years, they would be up there top three, top four every year uh, without anybody really paying any mind to them and counting them out as soon as the playoffs start. Uh, <laughs> what's exactly about to happen here, because I don't think they'd be like beating them. Um even and even though I've heard people saying that they think that Toronto might win this series and and not be close, um, which was Wait, shocking you, for me to hear. You said Toronto, I, they had Toronto winning it, winning yeah, the series, wow, and it not be close. Um, and I know Philly is missing what Thibel for this for the uh, yeah, I think they're missing Thibel. Mm-hmm. I don't think he out for the year though. I think it might just be the series, um. But you still got Joel B. You still got James Harden. Uh, Toronto, they're always a, a good defensive team. Um, but when you're looking at what's best, you know, what's the what's the best that they got? And you're saying, well, it's Pascal Siakam and good old Van Fleet. You know, you you don't uh, say good old. <laughs> you don't expect them to be able to to take down Philly, good especially old. with Philly having home court. I like Van Fleet. 2K like Van Fleet too. But, uh, <laughs> Not as much as they like Zion and them Pelicans. <laughs> Let them tell you. <laughs> Let them tell you. That's a dynasty in the making. Um, but Man, I just, just backtracking right quick. I definitely thought we were gonna disagree with the Boston and uh and Brooklyn uh series. A lot of folks been taking Boston and you know, when, when folks even talk to you about it, like, I mean, Boston's been red hot. Don't get me wrong. You know, they, they've been around the East for, for quite some time just hanging on. And a lot of people feel like this is their year, have, have, you know, how well they've been playing in these last couple, uh, what, they won 26, I think, of the last 30 or something like that. Something ridiculous, 31. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not going to lie to you. I would take Boston if it wasn't for the, uh, the Williams injury. Even really? with how much I like and respect KD and Kyrie, I would take Boston if it wasn't for that injury. Yeah, I, I really won't be shocked if they beat him. Um, just because yeah. the Nets, the Nets have serious issues. But um, I, you know how we've talked about this before. Like I, I just feel like basketball when when the lights get bright, who got the best player? That's crazy. You know? Yep. And so I, I, if it's that's if it's close. Who got the best player? And and it's yeah. it's the Ram, bro. And you, cause you telling me like, okay, yeah, but they ain't got no bench. Yeah, but Kevin Durant gonna play forty minutes, so <laughs> it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like is is. So that's but, why I feel like I wouldn't be stunned if they won. Um, the only thing that would shock me in is if this is a short series. Um, oh yeah, like, yeah. Whichever whichever team wins is gonna win in six. But uh, I remember to, at times me and Sid would have uh, these conversations last year around this time, and uh, we would make predictions. And if we disagree, I'm like, 
He's the best player. That that's who I want. I want the, the guy. If, if 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 it's that even, give me the team with the best player. Yeah. And I it's I'm kind of still leaning toward that way right now. KD and Kyrie, you got a chance. If they on the floor at the same time, you have a chance. Man, Kyrie Irving. While we talking about Kyrie Irving, I just want to say real quick. That dude is the most frustrating because the because everything <laughs> off the court and everything about like him it. just in general, the way he carry himself is really annoying. Um but Aaron Rodgers. That that yeah. He made he's he worse. Made his first 12 shots last night. Like <laughs> he was 12 for 12 with 30 points. And yeah. the thing is when you if you were watching it, he made one layup. Everything else was contested shots. Like he he just He's just a different breed, bro. And yeah. like, I don't know. Man. Yeah, he, he's a great uh he's a great ball player, man. But I don't care for him too much as well. I'm not gonna lie. I I'm taking Brooklyn to win, but I would be excited if Boston wins the series. Excited about Boston, yeah. Um so we all agree Heat Sixers Boston, right? We all got them advancing. Um Yes. And we're not gonna disagree with this one either. Milwaukee and Chicago. Um, I honestly, when I look at it, I don't think any of these are going to be short series except for maybe Miami and whoever ends up being the AC. Um, I think Philly and Toronto at least go six. I think Milwaukee and the Bulls end up going six. Uh, Boston and Brooklyn, that's a seven game series, most likely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I. I I only see a short series in the Miami series. And honestly, if they end up with Cleveland, that might not be a short series either. I was about to say, this is, I think this is the first time that I'm going to disagree with you. The, I think this is the only one. Uh, I don't think the Bulls are going to win a game in this series. The Bulls, the Bulls have not been the same team since the All-Star break. Like, if you if you really look at all of yeah. that, they're not the same team since uh, the, the, the Lonzo Ball injury. Um, they, yeah. They, they're just not the same team. And Milwaukee is clicking right now, too. Yeah. So they're, they're going to get rid of them pretty quickly. I think I think even Atlanta Atlanta or Cleveland, um, I think they could get a game or two uh, against Miami. But, yeah, if I had to if – you, if you wanted to ask me, of all the matchups, which one of them was going to be the short series, it's, it's Milwaukee, Chicago. I agree with you. I actually got this one going five. Mm. Okay. But once again, we we are the same on the winners uh, on the east side. Yes. Uh, West, we take a Phoenix no matter who end up in that that A spot. So um, go ahead. What you got? Oh no, no, I was just joking. I said you sure? Oh, yeah. Who we looking at? The Clippers, the Pelicans, or the Spurs? The Spurs. You can combine all three of those teams. (laughs) (laughs) The Spurs is like a college team. Like they got there because of their coach. (laughs) I can't believe they're the Tennessee. I'm just, what? (laughs) I want you to name three players on the Spurs right now. Go. (laughs) Oh, I can do it. Deontay Murray, Lottie Walker, and uh, Jacob Poldo. How have you said that nigga name? White boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they they don't belong. Like I don't. They they shouldn't make it past the play in. I'd be shocked if they did. Um, the Pelicans. Sweet. Like <laughs> it's only so much CJ McCullough can do for them. I'm glad they got their good feels going, but they done already started becoming annoying as a fan base real quick, based off nothing. So I need them going quickly. Uh, and then the Clippers, they the Clippers. Like, come on. Um, now, oh, Odell. oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will say, I will say one thing. The only way somebody gets a single game against the Suns is if you telling me Kawhi come back and the, if the Clippers be the eighth seed and they get Kawhi back, then I'm like, all right, maybe you know, like that. that yeah, and, and that, and then that's a big maybe because you right. got to get this. Back in game shape in yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the only way I see anything. And and honestly, the Clippers have talent, so they could win a game against Phoenix. Um, but everybody else, no, Phoenix, Phoenix still winning the series, whoever it is. Exactly. Uh Memphis, Memphis uh as the two seed, Minnesota as the seven seed, which I got. 
Uh, I got Memphis in that one. Uh, I didn't really watch a lot of uh, Minnesota this year, and I kind of went back and just looked at some numbers. They were very similar in a lot of categories, but Memphis is just playing unbelievable right now, and they're the second-best team in the West for a reason. Um, last night was the first time that I really got to watch a full Anthony Edwards game. I know Carl Anthony Towns is the truth. D'Angelo Russell is a nice player. Don't Anthony tell me Edwards. Anthony Edwards is top that three. Dude. Top Anthony. three point guard in the lead. Let RJ tell it. Oh, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anthony, Anthony Edwards is that dude for real. Oh, yeah. Like I, I, I like him. Um, and this, I feel like I like Memphis, but I feel like this is seven games. It's just because they two very young teams. They two teams that that I feel like every win's gonna be super high and that loss is gonna be super low. Um yeah. so I could I could see this going seven games, but I'll still take Memphis. Uh I agree. I'm I'm rolling with Memphis too, and it's basically because <clears throat> when I do just like y'all say, who got the best players? So when I when I think about oh, who got the best five play, what are the best five players? Uh, in this series, three of them go to Memphis and then the other two go to Minnesota. Um, and when you ask me who's the best player, it's John Moran. Um, and the fact that they have this insane record when he's not even on the court with them, he they better as a team without him than they are with him if you let the record tell it. Um, I Man, Minnesota is a team that I've been rooting for to get to this point for forever. And they're going to get here, and they're going to run into another young team that's just a little better than them. But uh, going forward, they, they, they're going to be an exciting team. Uh, but we all got Memphis uh, in that one. Dallas and Utah is the 4-5 matchup in the West. Here go to disagreement. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a disagreement, which is going to be more shocking. I'm taking Utah. Um, Luka can't do it by himself. <laughs> like Luka can't do it by himself, and honestly, I don't think I would pick Dallas against any of these teams in the first round in the West. Uh, I mean, except for whoever the AC end up being. But besides that, I don't think I would take Dallas against any of them in a seven game series. Uh, I I know I've told you this before, but I wanna I just want to say it again. Um, Chris Paul, LeBron James. Two of my favorite players all time. Um, my favorite players in the league right now. Um, but if you're taking them out, Luca, my favorite player in the whole league. Um, and and you saying like he can't do it by himself. I told you the them getting them with it is it that is the perfect person to, to play next to Luca. He's somebody that that can defend, somebody that can ball handle, but also can get his own shot. In general, whenever Luca not and Luca just got another level when when we get to the playoffs. That's like, man, can't nobody out here mess with me. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah. Gobert ends up being such a liability when the playoffs start too. That it's just like Utah. They just a regular season team to me, and and I, I couldn't disagree more about against any other matchup in the in the West about Dallas. Dallas. Like you said, we talk about not only just players who got the best player, but who got the best player mentality. And that's Luca, man. Like that, they, I got them to beat the the Jazz, and they're the home team too. So yeah, I, I, I'm taking the Mavericks. That really, really surprised me. I thought I was gonna be solo on this one. Um, I mean, the the only good thing you can say about about um, the Jazz is they're healthy. You know, this time of year, Luca is dealing with an injury, but if he's good to go, and I mean, like, his injury has no effect in his game whatsoever. I understand that they don't have a lot of pieces inside him. I mean, he's going to have to turn to somebody, uh, you know what I'm saying, for, for some help. Because I do think this is going to be a long a long series. I don't think neither team is going to run away with it. But it comes down to who you trust more and who out of, out, out of both teams is Luka. If he's healthy, he's good to go. And you, you mean to tell me he can play 40 minutes, whatever the case is, with, with no issues? I want Dallas. Rudy Gobert, of course, can be a liability. We've seen it before. I don't think he becomes one in this particular matchup. Um, once again, Dinwiddie, I, I did like them acquiring Dinwiddie, but my, my biggest thing 
uh, with the Mavericks is what they gonna do on the inside at this point, uh, regardless of who's in at center for for Utah or who's in at power forward for Utah. Yeah, and I think I like I say Luca gonna do what Luca does. You know, Luca Luca gonna go out there and get his. Um, but we've seen nights where Donovan Mitchell can go out there and do the same thing. And then if you're telling me they're canceling each other out, who else is doing what? And I think I think that's where uh, Utah wins the matchup. Yeah, and I, and I thought about that because over the last couple of years, Spider went crazy, man. Like, he's put up some historic performances uh, from the bubble to, to last year, whatever the case is. But uh, he's more of a just – I kind of look at him as just more of a scorer. And I, I don't say that lightly because he is one of my favorite players uh, up to date. But Luka kind of just, you know, not comparing him to LeBron or Chris Paul or whatever the case is. But both of those guys make others better. You know what I'm saying? And I just think that's what Luka does, and that's what he's going to bring out in this series. Finally got one to disagree on. About time because we're running out. All right, so uh, – Three and six. We got Golden State against uh, the Denver Nuggets. Um, no Steph. Steph still hurt, correct? Yeah, yeah he's still out. I so think no Steph. Be, they saying that he'll be 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 good to go by game one, do I believe? I think so. We'll see if if he's going to be healthy, then that changes that changes things, of course. Um, if not, though, I. That's a tough point. I'm going to take Denver, though. I'm going to take Denver. Uh, if Steph Curry can't play, I'm going to go with Denver. Um, if Steph can play, then we talking about Golden State being in the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> um, but but it, but if there's no there's no Steph, uh, I'm, I'll roll with the MVP in Jokic in that matchup. Um, so I said the only series that I saw going being short in the East was the Bucks and the Bulls. Um, the Raptors and the Sevens don't interest me that much. Um, and if I had to have a top three, um, this matchup would, would fall three. This doesn't interest me very much at all. Um, so I, I'm a lean Warriors, um, but I don't really care. <laughs> Honestly. Um, yeah, like you said, uh, Luka can't do it by himself. Jokic has been able to be amazing with basically nobody. Um, and so I got the Warriors, whether Steph play or not. So Yeah, and I'm taking Golden State as well. Even if Steph is not 100%, Clay has been so hot of lately that I think that that mix with Steph presence just being on the floor, that's enough to to get past the first round. Uh, that's interesting, though, how y'all, how y'all see that, because I definitely don't. I think way less of Golden State when they not all three there together. So whether it was Steph and Draymond or uh, I guess Steph and Clay would be the duo where I'd actually ride with them. But if you're missing either Steph or Clay, then I I don't know. I ain't, I ain't got that. I ain't got high hopes for him. But once again, if Steph is healthy, we're talking about Western Conference Finals, in my opinion. So that's definitely going to be interesting to see how that play out, too. If you had to choose a finals matchup right now, who you got? I, I'm so torn on the East because uh, I think I think it's I want to say Brooklyn so bad. I want to say Brooklyn, so but uh, if I was going, if you if you made me pick right now, give me Milwaukee out the East. Um, I'm I'm going Milwaukee or Brooklyn. I'm not. I don't take Philly seriously. Um, Miami seriously. Um, and Boston, they could make a run. Um, but I'm gonna go Milwaukee in the East. And I don't. To me, I, t- I told you this a couple weeks ago. Um, somebody made a comparison of this Phoenix team to the Spurs team that won a championship. The second. The the when they when they beat Miami mm-hmm. that second year, yeah. this Phoenix team is just like that. I don't think it matters who get in their way. I think they win in the championship. Period. Um, I think they beaten whoever come out of the West. The that Golden State Memphis matchup. Um, I just I just don't see anybody beating them. Period. Um, they had they were up two games to none on Milwaukee last year. 
Um, I think that, that that's fueling them all the way to the finish line this year. Chris Paul already had his six-week hiatus. Um, <laughs> He'll find another one. So, yeah, I'm I'm taking Phoenix to beat Milwaukee if we if I had to pick one right now. What you got, Rich? I got Brooklyn uh, representing the East with all the woes. I just can't help but to uh, I can't overlook the best player in basketball in my opinion. Uh, so I do have Brooklyn and I have Phoenix and I have Brooklyn winning. Wow. Yep. <laughs> I. So I do disagree with you on the Phoenix just running through whoever get put in front of them because I think, uh, once again, a healthy Golden State, I think, would be the answer in the West uh, against that Phoenix team. But, once again, we're talking about right now. If I had to pick right now, I'm picking Phoenix against Milwaukee and Milwaukee to repeat. Um, I I still you put those you put those two teams on the court and Giannis is the best player. Um, and then it comes down to Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, um, Chris Paul, and then what you're gonna get from Aiden or not get from Aiden. Um, I, I like, I, when I look at the two teams, the only there's no big difference of what we saw last year. Uh, and it's hard for me to believe that Milwaukee would end up in a position where they got to dig themselves up out of a, a two nothing hole again. Um, so if I had to pick right now, it would be Milwaukee uh, and Phoenix. I do still like Brooklyn. Um, and if Golden State is healthy, I would consider them as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the only thing that would change my West pick is if Golden State is 100% healthy, then, you know, I would I would take them. But nothing changes in the East for me and nothing changes about who wins. I have I have. I hate even saying the Nets. I have Kevin Durant winning the NBA Finals. <laughs> I think it would have been that way last year if he had KD, uh, if he had Kyrie or James Harden healthy, but neither one of them was there. If so, he would if he would have had Harden for one more game, for one more game against Brooklyn, they, I mean against Milwaukee, they would have beat them. Yeah, um, yeah. He more healthy, healthier James Harden. Yeah, and, and that series would have been different. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm just not sure how how you guard Kevin Durant. Like, if you're if you're either team, I, you know, obviously he's going to get hands. But when you look around, they have the the opportunity to the space the floor, and you know they got lights out shooters, man. And, and that's that's tough to beat. No no team has somebody who's just going to stay in front of them. Uh, and then you got to deal with Kyrie. What would you do yeah. with Kyrie when he's hot? You know, and, and, so. and what's interesting, what's interesting, interesting to me is I know you're gonna roll your eyes at this point, Sydney. So go ahead and do it right now. <laughs> but um, you know, they were talking last night about how um, Ben Simmons, if it, you know, they ain't even talking about no basketball activity with him and blah 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 blah. Yeah. That it could be just, you know, that he, you might as well just say that he out. But if they get him back, his game isn't a game that you need to build up. He he he's gonna play defense and he gonna you know basically screen and and make good passes and again like you know the 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 mental side of it is something that you got to question but man they don't need him to score thirty points he got a, he got a specific role that if they get him back ain't no way bro ain't nobody beating him so I'm not gonna rule my eyes on that because that was the point I was about to make that if Ben Simmons comes back he changes everything. Because mm-hmm. um, like you say, he's not a game that you really – he's going to go out there, he's going to defend. Yeah. He's going to get in front of somebody, he ain't letting them go nowhere. That's what he's going to do. Um, you got Kevin Durant, Kyrie for all your offensive needs. And <clears throat> the best part about the trade was them getting Seth Curry and Andre Drummond back. Yeah. Yeah, well. um, to where we looking at those guys, even without Ben Simmons and saying, that filled the holes that they needed, they yeah. can go win even if they don't have Ben Simmons. But if Ben Simmons is on the court, <clears throat> then that changes everything. It changes everything for them. And it, it's kind of hard for me to even pencil Ben Simmons in the playoffs in my head because, you know, he's just so far behind, I feel, for his game shape, game rhythm, and he wasn't uh, the greatest. I'm sorry? 
I was saying, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah and, he, and he wasn't like, you know, a, a, a huge part of the offensive scheme with the Sixers when he was there. So trying to get rhythm with these guys who he's never played with before, and he's not even playing like five on five, three on three. He's yeah. not doing any of that. Um, we just see him mysteriously laying the ball up before a game and taking jump shots and stuff. And, and wearing weird-ass outfits. Yeah, and walking <laughs> as if he's just learning how to walk almost. Like, he does not look comfortable at all. So, it's hard for me to even pencil him in at this point. So, there's so no- my only, I was about to say, my only argument against that is they don't need him on offense. Go stand in the corner like you Tony Allen. Oh, and, no, you go. And, and, and let whatever come, come. Like, they... They don't need him on offense. They can play four on five and be okay with Kevin Durant and Kyrie being two of the four. Like, like they don't need Ben Simmons for any offensive purpose. But what's crazy I about disagree that, with is- that a little bit. Just a little bit. I disagree with it. Just a yeah. little bit because if you're going to tell me you don't need him, that means he's handling the ball and that's taking the ball out of Kyrie Irving's hands. And Kyrie has been on fire. Like, this is when he's in his groove. Playoff time, Kyrie Irving. Uh, world, we we need got to win the championship, but this thing is, is gonna blow up in our face. Whatever the case is, all that pressure that he's been talking about and feeling and all that, like this, the Kyrie. I much as I'm not a fan of his, this is a dangerous Kyrie Irving for the Eastern Conference right now. But again, if you if you telling me that Ben Simmons is playing a playing a separate role where he's basically the center, you know what I'm saying? Well, uh, well, like he, well, he or or he's even if he is the ball handler, bro. If he's playing that role that Bruce Brown, that Bruce Brown is playing as yep. the screener or or the cutter when they double team in uh, Durant and Kyrie Irving, yep. how are you stopping that? You know, yeah, what I'm well, saying? So now like he's that? just a now he's just a guy. You said a yeah. role right now. If huh. he's just a guy, yeah, cool. But yeah. no role. You are extra. I just and, I don't, and KD I, and well, I, I say he's out there for defensive purposes. That's that's what yeah. he's out there for. That's why I brought up Tony. He's Tony Allen, <laughs> but he's way bigger, way faster, and way more skilled with the ball in his hands. If he does end up having a ball handle, yeah. yeah. I mean, last night, last night the Nets were throwing alleys off double teams every time. At the, you know, because you got a double Kyrie, you got a double Kevin Durant. And and who's that leaving open? And he ain't got to be a shooter if he's the cutter and and making the second pass. Come on, man! I don't know how you stopping him. So, so the one thing we do all agree on with the finals is Phoenix. We all think Phoenix is gonna be the team there. Um, Sean, you have Phoenix winning. You got the Nets. I got Milwaukee. Uh, but as we keep saying, there's a lot of things that could change uh, a good bit of that stuff too. So. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, the only other thing I wanted to touch on was the Lakers head coaching job, uh, just because it quickly has gotten annoying for me as a Lakers fan. Uh, the season didn't, the season wasn't even officially over and they were firing Frank Vogel, uh, officially, not officially. Um, and then once again, before he was officially even fired, we talking about his replacement. Uh, some names I've seen, I've hated. Uh, I've seen, I think, three that I'd be okay with. Um, Doc Rivers is a no for me. Like, I don't want you. You overrated. You've been overrated. Uh, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, Mike Brown name got thrown in there somehow. I don't know how he keep doing this. I don't. Mm-hmm. I need to learn. Because if we if we going to settle for Mike Brown, we're not far from talking about Byron Scott being back in the building. And we don't need that in our lives at all. Like, why, why, why are we welcoming this stuff? Um, who's the other coach that I saw that I was just like, no, like, why would we go that route? Um, I can't remember. But Mark Jackson, I'm a fan of that. I would be a fan of a Mark Jackson hire. I would be a fan of a Quinn Snyder hire. Um, oh, and Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is the other one. Um, before we hire Doc Rivers or any of those other people that we talked about, I'd rather we give Phil one less going around. Phil, come on back and do whatever you want, because I'm not rolling with none of these other guys. Um, it's so funny when Sid talk Lakers basketball, bro. He gets so serious. I want a proven pedigree. I want to be able to <laughs> your resume and be uh be astonished about the things you have accomplished. He don't hey, get no, all that, no uh, games, bro. My man hey, went for the crop. 
All that experimental stuff is for other teams. That ain't for us. We don't do that. I thought he was about to get so deep and start talking about coaches that people sleeping on and stuff. See, so, the cream of the crop. <laughs> the only sleepers that I would consider is Lionel Hollins, who's already on the staff. Yeah. Um, or um, what's the other coach? Fisdale. Lionel Hollins or Fisdale. Um, and I was against Fisdale being an in-season change just because I didn't think anybody could fix what was going on with the Lakers midseason? It didn't make any sense for me to fire, for them to fire Frank Vogel within the midst of the season. But now that the season's over, what if he's telling me that we struck out on the Nick Nurses and the Quinn Snyders um, and we ended up just letting Lionel Hollins or Dave Fisdale take over the team, then I would be okay with that. By the way, uh, the the other note that you were talking about was Jawan Howard. Um, yes. Why? 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 Just tell me why, please. That's my friend. Let, let me, you let me tell say, me why. Let me just say, I, me and you disagree on this somehow for NBA. Um, just because I, I get very tired of the same recycled coaches in the NBA. Like why Thibodeau got a third job, a fourth job? Why Doc Rivers getting a fourth, fifth job? Why we never have a Joan Howard or or a. a uh, somebody like uh, um, Eric Spoelstra. We have an Eric Spoelstra story. Nobody wants to ever seem to talk about the fact that he was a video coordinator, worked his way all the way up to the head coaching job, and then become the head coach. He's the longest tenure head coach in the NBA. I get very sick and tired of, oh, man, we fired him, so let's go ahead and give this dude another shot. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't like it. Um, I'm also disgusted by... Um, this seems to happen a lot with the Lakers. Uh, it's it's starting to happen a little bit more in the NFL too, but um, not just with coaches, with players in general. But man, it's game eighty-one. Nick Nurse coaching a team in the playoffs. What well, a Lakers? Exactly. Nick Nurse. What are exactly. you talking about, man? This man got a job <laughs> and it's a champion. Exactly. Why would he want to leave that situation to come to this dumpster fire? Like this is. I get tired of that too, bro. So like, that's all I have to add to that. I don't. I don't have anything like who I think would be a good fit. Again, I have been feeling for years. LeBron is one of my all-time favorite players. Um, but it's been about six or seven years. Um, you need to get out of this. You need to you need to get out of the, yes. the coach, the staff, the players. You need to mm-hmm. stop. Stop. Because it's not clearly it's not working. If you would have kept Wiggins, if you would have kept Ingram, if you would have kept, you know what I'm saying? Like, all yeah. I understand you chasing championships. You don't have no patience for young players, but you keep ending up strapped for cap money because you keep trading for big play. Like that, stop. Get LeBron yeah. out the decision making. And I and this is I, this is not just. This is not just a, a fresh take because they in hell right now. I've been feeling like that all the way back to the Cavs. To when to yeah. when it was, you know, when they lost to Golden State the, the first year and what pissed off Kyrie Irving was putting him in the trade talks for Paul George. Stop. <laughs> let, the, let the front office do their job. Let the coaching staff do their job. You do your job. That's all I got to add to that. I don't know. And for me, it's not even just a LeBron thing because I felt the same way about Steve Nash getting hired in Brooklyn last year based off of being yep. cool and homeboys with Kevin Durant. Yep. Um, I don't like it. Like, no, stop it. Like, it, this this thing works best when you're not able to have a meddlesome player. Uh, that's why he was able to go to four straight championships in Miami and get to because Pat Riley was able to limit the influence that he had on the organization. Yeah. And, and it's and it's not specific. It's not just specific to NBA players and NBA stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why every single time a player has a, a, a coach has gotten the coach and the GM job, it don't work. The GM yeah. needs to be the GM. The coach needs to be the coach. The players need to be the players. They are hard fucking jobs, and they're separated for a reason. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and I, I agree with that 100%. Um, I feel like something else came to me, but we'll talk about it another day. Uh, yeah, that's all we got for today. Talked a lot of NBA playoffs. <laughs> Talked mock drafts that don't make sense. Uh, and we, man, what, we still two weeks away, I think, from the draft at this point? Yeah. Are we still, yeah. 
Yeah, we still got two weeks of mock drafts and who and smoke screens basically uh, to get teams to trade stuff that they shouldn't be trading. And you know this this one has annoyed me a little bit more than the last couple ones, um, just because there is no clear cut number one, number two prospect type thing. Yeah. So these mock drafts are not only all over the place because of like the talent, but they they just all over the place, and the uncertainty is just like. I'm ready for it to be over with. Like, can somebody, exactly. can we just pick these people and be over with them and be done with yeah. this, this whole process? So definitely waiting for that. We'll get on here next week and the playoffs will have actually started. So we'll be able to touch on actual uh, round one games. Um, but we still be waiting for the playoffs. And I'm quite sure, that, I mean, still waiting for the draft. And I'm quite sure the NFL ain't got nothing else up their sleeve uh, in this offseason. So, uh, until then, man. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league. No. If you listen close, I'm coaching, take keys. Cause a boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco. Still stabbing bitches like 94 in the Bronco. If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto. If I don't do nothing, I'm about Lonzo. Every time I do it, do it the coldest.